Whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. Yeah, hello and welcome to Mojo Sports, the NFL show season two, episode 26. My name is Dan Frost, and as always, I'm supported by the best panel in the business. Uh, tonight, no, Laura, but we've got a full panel. We've got Alex, uh, we've got Riley, and we've got Lara, and uh, we're absolutely pumped to be talking all things NFL. But before we get too carried away, let's dive into our warm-up. And the one, and the two, and the one, two, three. Why you don't understand? Bishop wore buttless chaps to the bat mitzvah. Have a great broadcast. You too, darling. All right, team, let's dive in. And uh, this week on our warm-up, well, it's a little bit of a hypothetical for you. So um, Sleepy Joe, he's out um, in terms of the, the President of the United States. We're looking for a new one here in this uh, fictitious world we live in. Um, if you could pick one NFL head coach to become president, um, who would it be and why? So we're looking for a presidential head coach in the NFL. Uh, Lara, I'm going to start with you. Uh, thank you. I was the same as your first pick as well, Dan, so I know that I've uh, taken taken your thunder a little bit here as well. But um, Mike Tomlin from the Steelers, 100% hands down, the most competent, calm, in control, smart, fastidious guy. I love him. And he just is a dream boat in those sunglasses. So come on. I, I just, I love the way that like in the nicest possible way, he intimidates the media too. Like you, you there, there is just no way you could ask him a stupid question because he could totally embarrass you in, you know, three or four words or less. So uh, no, look, he's an absolute leader as well. Um, you know, if, you, if you're thinking about presidential um, head coaches, um, yeah, he, he's definitely, you know, the other one that I was thinking of too is the, you know, the, the new upstart down there at New York, the New York Jets, Robert Sala. You know, we, we remember him running up and down the sideline as, um, you know, San Fran's DC, but um yeah, you know, I, I'd probably, yeah, I, I'd probably feel a little bit confident in, in Salah. Not too sure about the football side of things. We'll have to see what happens with the Jets this year. But, uh, yeah, Robert Salah could be another one. Um, Alex, what about yourself? Uh, I think for me, if we're going to go coaches, I got to go old school. I got to go Mike Dicker just because I think he's a boss. <laughs> he was a boss in Chicago as a, as a player and as a coach. And like you know, it'd be cool to just see another Chicago one up there as president. <laughs> yeah, I, I think uh, I think that would be a little bit of a popular pick, that's for sure. Riley, what about yourself? I'm gonna go with Belichick, even though I like dislike the Patriots as much as I do. He just he's just so like cool, calm, collected. He doesn't always have the right pieces, and yet somehow manages to make the best out of every situation and then just has this composure about him regardless of like an outcome. And I think, and and if if it's anything like his sort of current NFL reign, he wouldn't name anyone to any portfolios. Like when you think about, you know, I'm I'm not exactly an expert on US politics, but when you talk about ministers and, you know, appointing people to different portfolios, education and things like that, I I think Belichick would just deliberately not announce anyone just to kind of shit stir everyone like he's doing at the moment for the Patriots. But yeah, look, imagine, uh, imagine those press conferences, a little bit dry and direct, which is, you know, uh, probably what, what, uh, what we need. But uh, yeah, Lara, I think, I think you get the job done there. Mike Tomlin, that's, uh, that's the pick. Yeah, Belichick's also the best at obfuscating. Like, they're just like rumble, 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 rumble into his chin. You can't hear what he's saying. It sounds pretty standard for some 
American presidents. Shouldn't say for all. And I, and, I, and I love and I love that he just you know goes back into the dressing sheds and probably just pisses himself laughing. Like he knows exactly what he's doing. Like you know the little grumble. Like it's it's all put on. I, I can't wait till he eventually retires and we see the real Bill Belichick. I think it's uh, it's going to be pretty interesting. <laughs> <laughs> bit of a bit of a you know a reality show pending. All right, team. Let's jump into our first segment for tonight: the huddle. Leave no regrets out there. That is what a real champion is made of. And for the Philadelphia Eagles, the long drought is over. How about those trees? A touchdown and a title for the Patriots. I can't believe it. They have completed the greatest comeback in Super Bowl history. Those will be the best memories. All right, team, and this week we head to Ohio as we preview the Cleveland Browns finishing 8-9 and nine, uh, last season. Now, this season, well, they're coming in with uh, a whole heap of uh, changes, a whole heap of problems. Laura, I'm going to start with you because, you know, when it comes to the Cleveland Browns, you know, they were so lovable in a very, very pathetic way. You know, they had been so bad for so long that – you know, whenever you tune, you know, whenever you tuned into a random game and they were somewhat close, you're like, "How cute is this?" You know, Cleveland doing their football thing. You know, they might sort of participate in today's activities. Um, but you know, in all seriousness, you know, everyone kind of you know enjoyed what was happening there in terms of that rebuild. And then they uh, they got impatient. They took a little bit of a U-turn during the off season. I guess you know, for our listeners, some of our listeners who may be living under a rock who are not quite across the situation. Talk to us a little bit about what they've done at the quarterback position because, I mean, you know, we're pretty independent over here in, in Australia. There's not too many of us that follow the game that can understand why they made the decision they did. So talk us through what, what's happened there in Cleveland. Yeah, I think that's a really good way of framing it. How do we come to understand the decision that they made? And I think you're right. I mean, the Cleveland fan base is one of the strongest, most dedicated, most passionate fan bases across the NFL. And I know that we're talking here from Australia. So this is from people I follow and, and you know, just, just watching games. And yeah, I mean, the fact that Baker Mayfield got them to their first playoff win a couple of years ago for the first time in, you know, decades was, was really, was really something. And this was a team that I have loved for a really long time. And to take a quarterback like Deshaun Watson from the Texans who had at the time 22 now civil lawsuits, they were criminal lawsuits, but he was not indicted on criminal charges, but he still has 22 civil lawsuits against him on sexual assault and harassment. It's now become 23 just this week to take a quarterback and trade for a quarterback with that many allegations against him and to pay him one of the largest, most guaranteed contracts the league has seen, I just think is a deeply offensive indictment on the state of I don't know, money and patriarchy. Like how is it that a team can justify spending $240 million on a guy that has had 24, and it's now down to 23, I think, uh, civil suits brought against him? And if you read them, they are almost word for word the same. And these are different women across state lines. Um, It's very, very hard to get a sense that these are not uh, real claims because they are almost 
verbatim. And unfortunately, he has done nothing but say, well, geez, it wasn't me. Like no no moves to even kind of uh, connect and address the situation. Um, Yeah, and I just I am pretty angry uh, at the whole scenario really yeah, but look right I rightly so and, and you know I, I think there's, there's quite a few fans that have actually switched you know and moved away from this franchise which is which is quite yeah. understandable alex um it's gross i mean it, it really is i mean it's just it's it's not something that we can comprehend here in terms of our you know the, the sporting codes over here in australia you know yes there are you know sort of you know um the, you know these awful situations that occur but nothing like what we've seen in the Deshaun watson situation it just defies belief what they've done but you know, Alex, if we, if we slightly pivot to try and understand the football side of it, Alex, that's the other part that I don't really understand. And let, let, let's try and try and pick it because, in my opinion, this year's quarterback class probably wasn't where it needs to be. I understand that, but in twelve months' time, we have some pretty special players coming through the pipeline. I, I just feel like it was it was a level of desperation. It was a level of um, impatience where, you know, you wait 12 months and, you know, you've got a fresh bunch of quarterbacks who are coming through the system. Um, yeah, talk to us a little bit about that. And then, you know, the other thing is that this contract has serious implications for the rest of the football team. Yeah, you know, thought, thoughts on the Deshaun Watson situation. It's, a, it's an absolute head-scratcher. I mean, I'm surprised he was able to find another team outside the Texans, but I mean, it makes sense if he's going to go anywhere, he's going to go to a dumpster fire that is the Cleveland Browns. I mean, I'm not a Browns fan. I've never been a Browns fan. I never will be a Browns fan. I don't like Baker Mayfield, never have. Um, but I think it's on par for how Cleveland's always done football, you know, for the players that they they take. They take players based on hope that, you know, they can turn things around. We have no idea if he's actually going to play any football next year. So I think that was a gamble on their part. Um, You know, they've got four quarterbacks in their quarterback room right now. You've got Jacoby Brissett. You've got Baker Mayfield. You've got, I think, Dobbs, who's the other one as well. So it kind of makes me wonder what Cleveland is trying to do. And I don't know whether they're just trying to plug holes and have as many backups as they can just in case – You know, they can't play Deshaun Watson, which I don't think he'll get any game time next year. I'd be surprised if he did. Baker Mayfield, we know, is unhappy there, and he's going to throw a tantrum like we've seen and do on the field more than once. Um, So that's going to be a quarterback that's out for them. And then I think they're going to end up with Jacoby Brissett, who's not a – who, you know, isn't an experienced quarterback and they're going to struggle again like they have for the past couple years. It's it's going to be so interesting. You're right. Like, I – I definitely anticipate that. I think this is Jovi, uh, Jacoby Brissett's team uh, for the majority of that year. And I just, I, you know, it's, we'll get to our predictions and see how this unfolds. But if they have a disappointing year under under Brissett, they're, they're in, the, they're in the, the situation where they're probably going to be in the hunt for, well, they could have been in the hunt for one of the, you know, the, the best young drafted quarterbacks. It's just a little bit of, uh, a little bit of vision ahead, but um, look, in an absolutely desperate move. Um, Riley, talk to us a little bit about what this means for Baker Mayfield. Now, obviously, he's not the most popular uh, player getting around, but, you know, my view is, you know, I don't care what's going on in the Cleveland Browns. If I'm Baker Mayfield, I'm getting every single last dollar of that $19 million. How do you think this whole thing's going to play out with Baker? I think he realises that, like, he's done. Like, he knows that they wouldn't have thrown all this money at Watson if they wanted to keep Baker around. Um, I think regardless of what happens with Watson and when he does get to play, 
um, exactly that. Baker's going to milk everything he can from it. I think he's dug himself a bit of a hole because he has been known for his tantrums um, and having his little Twitter wars and, um, like, listening to Stephen A. Smith and who's on First Take in America, like, listening to him go off is absolutely hilarious because he loves to talk about Baker Mayfield's ads and how he has more ads than he has wins <laughs> and all this kind of stuff. Like, he just, he had the opportunity to, like, be really mature and kind of put himself out there. You know, he might not be the best quarterback, but there's going to be an injury. Somebody's going to need a starting quarterback, which he still can be. Like, I don't think he's the worst one in the league. Um, but he just... Yeah, I think he kind of shot himself. A lot of question marks in and around the offense. Um, Lara, let's um, flip it over to the defensive side. And, uh, you know, here's where you start to see, um, you know, a fair bit of talent on this side of the ball. Let's start with Miles Garrett, um, you know, one of, one of the best players in the league. He's a handy player. Yeah, I think he's definitely one of the best players in the league. And I think if you're looking at everything you want a pass, rush, a pass rusher to be, he he is it. He absolutely exemplifies the body type, the makeup, everything that you want. Um, and I think re-signing to Devian Clowney, even though he doesn't have a really long, like he doesn't have a, a big kind of, um, you know, history of getting a lot of sacks each year, he's super disruptive across the defensive line. So I, I, I do think that there are some interesting pieces on their defense. I'm not so sure about their secondary, but uh, just to kind of circle back to the offense, I, I'm really with you, Alex, on, um, you know, how how is this going to look? I think they do have one of the best running back tandems in, in the league, but yeah, what, what's going to happen if you don't have a quarterback back there? And I, I kind of hate that all of the social media coming out of the Browns at the moment is Deshaun Watson throwing passes down the field to people and it's like what's pointless we haven't, we haven't even seen Jacoby Brissett yeah. so it's like how are you how are you even setting up your off season when you when you still have no idea I mean we're assuming that he's not going to play this year but you know yeah anyway that, no, I, I get it it is so tone, it is so tone deaf from the social media kids that are that are, that are managing that account like I would yeah. bury Deshaun Watson, I would never let him appear on a photo, and I'd be promoting, you know, some of the the veterans in the. Anyway, yeah, it's just just the you know little things that they get wrong, um, and then not only that, they're not living in reality. Deshaun Watson will not. Well, I you know I, it would, yeah, it would. It would you'd have to ask some serious questions. Deshaun Watson won't be the quarterback for the majority of that season, if not all of it, as as Alex spoke about. So they you know, they really need to accept that that's going to look different, and what does his football team look like? Um, Riley, the other thing that's not making sense to me now, and look, mass was never my strong suit. I'm, I'm sort of you know counting on my fingers type of guy. Um, the money, the salary cap. You know, you've got the the Sean Watson contract now. You're burning money with Baker Mayfield. You're paying Miles Garrett a ton, and then you've just dropped um, an historic contract to uh, Denzel Ward. By my calculations, it appears the Cleveland Browns are paying all of this money to a handful of players. Surely that's going to make a little bit of a mess of things over the next couple of years. So you kind of you always hear that win now mentality, but it's almost as if they've built the team to win now, even though I don't know whether they're really in that situation. Yeah, look, I guess it like really depends on like, football. Is like a it's a long term game. Um, I think 
majority of the time, like, and this is something I explain to a lot of people um, when I try and explain the game to people who don't know, it's a chess game. You have to be always thinking like five, ten steps ahead. That's usually in a game scenario sense, but it's the same with teams and forward thinking. Like you don't draft a quarterback in the draft to have him for a couple of years. You, you draft him because he's cheap and then you, you hope that he comes up to be the player you think he's going to be. So mm. if they're looking at longevity, Deshaun Watson, still a young quarterback, kind of in his prime, if he comes back after a season and he hits the ground running, he has good clicks with Amari Cooper who stays. Um, and if they can get a culture that that Garrett and and Hunt and Chubb are happy to stay in, then they may take a pay cut or not try and get as much money. Like it just depends on that team is, mentality. Yeah. Like, I, I agree with you. And, and then you've got the Rams who just appear to be able to pay everyone. So I'm probably worrying over nothing, but it just, it doesn't make sense to me. And you just think that if there is a salary cap, if it actually exists, it'll, it, you know, it should really pinch them over the next couple of years. Alex, they're going to have to get cheap. They're going to have to try and find some cheap players. Well, what, what were your thoughts on their draft? Did they, did they sort of get anyone that caught your eye or they sort of, yeah, that was a little bit, yeah. What did you think of the Browns draft? Yeah, I mean, I thought they did okay. I don't think they had a clear kind of direction in what they wanted to do with their draft. I think they wanted to kind of cover all their bases and maybe create a little more depth than probably what they had last year because, like, last year they got hit with quite a few injuries that they didn't really have the players to be able to feed into those roles, and I think they struggled. So I think that's kind of what they did with their draft because they they drafted a couple players to bolster their safety uh, and a secondary, um, they drafted a couple of players for their offense. They drafted a kicker in the fourth round. who's actually quite the good. So that, you know, yeah. yeah. I mean, really is, is a great kicker. So that was a smart move on, on their part, I think, but probably the smartest move they've made all off season, all draft, to be honest. Yeah, no, it's going to be interesting. Um, definitely going to have to get cheap. And, um, you know, part of that is, you know, hitting in the draft. So a lot of attention is going to be on those players. All right, team, no sitting on the fence. It's time to offer up our predictions. Um, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see how the head coach, Kevin Stefanski, handles this whole situation as well. Uh, what's our prediction? So 8-9 last year. The question is, um, you know, will they will they better that record this year? Alex, this is a you know almost an impossible um, question. But, yeah, what's your thoughts on this one? I'm going to be really harsh and I think they're going to go five and 12 and I think they'll lose their head coach. I think he'll be the first one to go after this season. I don't think this is a team that can make a huge impact that they're, that they're trying to make. And Hey, if they prove me wrong, they prove me wrong, but Dan, you know, I'm pretty good at calling these things. So I'm going five and 12 and and I see their coach being probably one of the first coaches out next season. Yeah. Look, it makes me more confident in my bold prediction, which is I think there's no chance. I don't think they're going to get anywhere near eight wins because Jacoby Brissett, that's that's what we're dealing with. And the other thing we, we we're also dealing with is, can he be fit over 17 games? Like, that's just not a reality that we live in. You know, a lot of these backup quarterbacks, they they really struggled to stay there. So, and, you know, a little bit of a one-trick pony when it comes to their running backs. So, again, you know, Chubb and Hunt, they've been hurt. They struggle to be, to be fit for all of those games as well. So, um, and then you look at their division, who... They're just all of those teams are getting better. So um, yeah, look for me. I, I agree. I, I don't think there are a chance of getting getting eight wins. Um, I think this is going to be um, yeah quite a volatile season. That's for sure. Uh, Lara, thoughts on this one? 
Yeah, I'm pretty similar. I might not go as low as five, although I'm really into that. And I think that maybe <laughs> Justice, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, I'm not ignoring the fact that the Falcons and Saints and Panthers all went after this guy as well. It's going to be on my list for a while. I'm going to go s- seven. Yeah, that that's my – yeah, I, I'll go six. So we've got, we've got a five, we've got a six, we've got a seven. Riley, uh, obviously, you know, it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they go. What's your prediction? Yeah, I had them at about six. Um, I don't see them beating if, – if it's Brissett or Dobbs in, I don't see them beating the Bengals or the Ravens at all. They might get one game over the Steelers. Um, they're lucky they've got the Jets and the Texans um, this year, which might help. Um, but the, the Chargers are going to kill them. The, the, the Ravens are going to kill them. The Bengals are going to kill them, like – I see them, yeah, maybe six if Baker comes in and stops being a little whinger. He might have something to prove and he might get a few extra wins, but I think yeah. at face value. It's I think he's going to be gone. I, I think, think he's going to end up somewhere else. I think that bridge is burnt to the ground. <laughs> That's for sure. But, no, I, look, and, and I think our analysis tonight is this is a defensive dominant football team and, you know, that's just not 2022 football. You know, as great as your defense is, Good luck. You know, if you're going to hang your hat on that, um, it's going to be really, really interest- interesting to see whether they can keep the scores down and be able to stay competitive. So, um, yeah, look, there, there we go. Cleveland Browns, um, you know, they went out. They made a, a, a very indifferent uh, decision, one that we certainly don't agree with here. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out for them. All right, team, let's jump into our next segment for tonight in the match. The most anticipated match in history, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, let's get ready to rumble. All right, Alex, I'm going to hit you with this one straight off the bat. We continue with our sort of checking in on our off-season moves. And this week, we've got a very interesting match as we see Khalil Mack uh, now of the LA Chargers coming up against Von Miller of the Buffalo Bills. Um, look, talk us through these two and then offer your prediction because, um, yeah, I know this one hurts the soul a little bit. This one hurts us all big time. I was devastated. I think the, f- I think I was wearing my Mac jersey when I saw that Ooh. he left the Bears, which was like devastating for me because I love that jersey. So I'm now sitting going, what do I do with this? Um, I mean, my one thing for him is if he has gone to the Chargers, great for him, but he's got to stay healthy. We saw his last season in the Bears kind of not be as productive as it had been in the previous two seasons, nor with how productive he was at the Raiders. Um, I think injury is going to be a big thing for him. If he can stay healthy, man, I'd be scared to be a quarterback. Um, loved having him at the Bears. I've, it's just it hurt. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it hurt when he left. I'm not going to lie. Um, but I think if you're looking at the other side too, Von Miller, you know, we saw him sign a record deal with kind of the Bills, six years, 120 mil for a guy that's kind of been in the league a while, um, has two Super Bowl win, win, rings um, and wins um, and, and, you know, Super Bowl MVP. So I think if you're kind of matching them up, Vaughn Miller is kind of the better player there. Khalil Mack, I think, is just looking for that ring. He's just looking for a team that'll get him that ring. I mean, he deserves it, but I think injury is going to be, you know, staying healthy for uh, Khalil Mack is going to be a big one for him. Riley, you probably, uh, you know, obviously agree with a little bit of pain there when it comes to Khalil Mack, but Mm -hmm. um, 
I guess my direct question is, do you expect Khalil to level up, take that next step? Like, you know, you know, in a, in a new situation with the LA Chargers, with, you know, different environment, maybe a little bit talent, a little bit more talent in and around him. Do you expect him to, I guess, you know, elevate? Or do you think we, we were seeing the best of Khalil Mack um, in Chicago? No, I reckon, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry. Um, I reckon we're going to see him, like, go back to sort of peak, what was it, 2019, 2018. Mm. Um, I think having uh, Bosa on the other side is going to be amazing for him because you just see he double, triple teamed every time there was a snap at the Bears because we didn't have somebody of Bosa's calibre playing alongside him. Um, and, yes, he was plagued with injury after injury. Um, either that or both is just going to have a monster season because people will realise that Mac is a bigger threat than he was perceived at the Bears. Um, and in that case, they're just going to make a really good tandem. But I think also the Chargers being a more, um, it hurts to say, but more developed and better offensive team. Um, they're going to keep him off the field longer. Like they're going to have those long six, seven minute drives as opposed to the Bears who love a three and out every time. Like (laughs) he never got a break. So like, and he he gets so fast, you're running a hundred percent against guys that are the same, if not bigger than you trying to get another guy who's trying to run away from you. Like it's, it's not an easy position to play. So if you're constantly, on the field, you're going to not be at your best. So I think he's – as much as I love Miller too, I think Mac's going to have the better the better season. Yeah, look, it, it is going to be pretty interesting. Probably the only slight leveller, I think, is just the division he's in. I mean, Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa in a poor division – I mean, they would absolutely wreck the league. Now, I'm not saying they don't have the, the ability to do that, but, you know, they're going to be tested. They're going to come up against some 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 QBs who they are pretty smart. Um, you know, they can so, certainly get rid of the football. But, um, yeah, no, it's going to be going to be very interesting to see. Um, Lara, happy for you to talk about both here, but also want to flip it over and talk a little bit about Vaughn. It, it, it just surprised me. Look, I, I get it. I understand where he's at in his... Um, you know, in, in terms of his production, you know, he's playing at such a high level. But, I mean, I, Lara, I, I don't know. I'm going to leave it to you. But when I just saw the size of the contract, the length of the contract, where he's at when it comes to it, when it comes to his age, I just, yeah, it, it smelt like a, a little bit of a bad contract in my opinion. But, um, yeah, what's your thoughts on the Von Miller um, contract? Uh, I think that's right. I, I don't think he's at his prime. I think he's really flashy. I think there's been quite a bit of plays where he's not doing too much, but then there are some plays where he really comes through. And I think it's the Bills going, we really want to We really want to get to the Super Bowl this year. And we kind of don't care how much it costs us if we can bring somebody in to really try and shore up that defensive line because they were gassed at the end of that final that final game on defense. So they just needed to plug a hole and who better than somebody who, you know, is currently running his own um, pass rush camp for pass rushers in the league. I think that like, you know, Von Miller, he's one of the best to have done it. Right. But I am a hundred percent on Alex and Riley's bandwagon. Khalil Mack is going to have a much better season. I think 
I think opposite Boza uh, um, is just going to be so good. And I don't mind the whole like defensive line of the charges. I think Tillery and Johnson are too bad as well. And I think Mac also used to play with um, Brandon Staley. So them coming back together again, I think is, is going to be a really exciting match, but yeah, I think Von Miller is going to be productive for the bills, but I don't think on a, personal kind of uh, player's position is he's going to be as effective as Khalil Mack. Yeah. Now, now, I shouldn't be worried so much about the finances. Obviously, as a Patriot supporter, I'm happy for the Buffalo Bills to go out there and, and waste their money, and it's not my money, but uh, but I, I totally agree with you. I think when you think about the six-year contract, the $120 million, I feel like they've paid that for a two-year contract. They want to yeah. win a Super Bowl this year, possibly the next year as well, and then if he fades off, They've got a bad contract, you know. They'll they'll just kind of wear that, but you know, there's a well, there's a lot of pressure on Buffalo to, to win now to get that value. So it's going to be really interesting to see. Um, look, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna do a bit of a clean sweep here when it comes to the match. I think I've got to go Khalil Mack, despite what the contract will tell you. Um, yeah, I, I just feel like you know Khalil's on a different level, but yeah, you know, take Alex's point in and around injuries as well. He's going to have to be healthy um, because you know the charges. As great as they are, they're going to need everyone healthy basically for every game just to be able to make sure that they're competitive in this division because it is, um, yeah, we haven't seen a, a division of, of, uh, of football like this in a, in a very, very long time. So there we go. Cleo Mack, Von Miller, uh, two new teams this year. It's going to be interesting to see how they perform uh, in the upcoming season. All right, team, let's jump into our final segment for tonight, Rapid Fire. And we're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things. What you need to know tonight. Sincere apologies to Matt Damon. We ran out of time for him tonight. We'll get him on the air again soon. Oh, my boss is singing closing time. Maybe that's what you're doing. All right, team, let's continue on with our League MVP series here in Rapid Fire. Uh, This week, we're asking the question, who is the best pass rusher in the game right now? Alex, for you to choose from, but uh, yeah, who's number one in your opinion? Uh, I got to go, you know, as we know, I'm true to my Bears players, but I'm also true to my Ohio State boys. So I got to go Nick Bosa. I think he had a great season last year for the 49ers. He had 15.5 sacks, four forced forced fumbles. Try saying that 10 times fast. Um, So I just think he's a baller. He was great at Ohio State. He was great when he came into the league. I think that injury his second year was devastating. I wonder where what his impact would be had he not been had he not sustained that injury. But what was great to see is him come back and be as productive as he was. I think he's a great pass rusher for for the 49ers and he's definitely, you know, Top three for me as far as pass rushes go. I love the Bosa boys. Yeah, a little bit underrated how, you know, these NFL stars come back from catastrophic injuries, you know. I guess, you know, that was 10, 15 years ago. It was, like, almost career-threatening. And they, they just they just come back as if it was a hamstring strain. Like, it's incredible. They don't miss a beat. And, um, yeah, in- incredible um, what he's been able to produce off that injury. Uh, look, for me, I'm going to throw Max Crosby uh, into the mix um, just because I know he's, you know, he's a little bit rough. He probably doesn't get a lot of love, but, you know, he got a, got a bit of a big contract there from the Raiders. But, look, you, you know you're a, um, you know, you know you're one of the best players on the football field when, you know, you're watching the game and you're just looking for his jersey number. You know, 98 just jumped off the page. He was so disruptive. And, you know, a lot of the times he was creating for other people as well. So, you know, it, it's a little bit deceptive unless you were, you know, uh, watching him every snap. But, you know, he was he was an absolute handful. And I think, you know, you talk about a player who's, you know, not quite in there. You know, he's 24 years of age. So, you know, it, it's it's incredible to, to think about where he's headed. And, you know, 
unlike previous off season, I, I've, I haven't minded the, Ra- the Raiders off season. I think they've they've uh, improved that football team. So it's going to be interesting to see how he goes this year. Lara, number one pick, pass rusher. Um, what's your thoughts? Uh, I'm going to go TJ Watt. I just think that his production is off the charts. He had 22 and a half sacks last year. I think he's had 70 combined over the last four or five years. His work ethic and compet- like he he is just a machine on 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 the field. So I think he's number one. I think Nick Bosa is up there a hundred percent, Alex. But as it's kind of Pride Month, I also wanted to throw in Carl Nassib. Um, No, he's, I don't think he's actually been signed um, so far this off season, but um, as the only kind of out gay player, I think, you know, he's a great defensive lineman and just wanted to give a shout out to him too. Yeah, no, I love that. It's um, it's such an important moment for the NFL because we know that there are others out there, obviously, who, um, you know, we just hope that, you know, we'll be able to, you know, step forward this year and, um, you know, what that means for the for the community. It's um, it's absolutely huge. So, yeah, I love that. I love, I love that shout out there. And, uh, you know, TJ Watt, you know, the other thing I think about with TJ is he, he wasn't always this good. Like, I'll stand by that. TJ Watt was not a Bosa brother. He wasn't, you know, the the top draft pick. You know, I get that he had the connection to the Watts. Like, the thing that's most impressive with TJ is he's really built his career off blood, sweat, and tears. It's uh, It's been really impressive. You know, he wasn't out of the gate, the number one guy, but... Um, can't disagree at the moment what he's doing. It's uh, it's very, very impressive. Riley, um, I think there's someone missing off this list, and I think you're going to hit it. So I'm just going to hand the mic over to you. Um, thinking disruptive, pass rushes, maybe the Super Bowl. Uh, there's someone out there that's pretty disruptive uh, in their own right. Yeah, like for me, it's Aaron Donald. Like, he's just a freak of nature. Like He's so big. He is a machine he's like he's actually like a perfect specimen of a human and somehow he glides across the field he throws bodies left right and center like he's just like you said he's disruptive and you you literally have to game plan for him like if he is on one side of the ball you're not running it that way like, or you're scheming to deliberately stop him. Like, he just, he doesn't, he doesn't stop. Even with his contract little negotiations that he's going on at the moment, like, he was such an asset to that Super Bowl that you may as well just give him whatever he wants, honestly, because absolutely he's a generational yeah. player. Um, that's the thing, like, you can be a top player and not be worthy of the money, I guess, but he, he deserves every single penny he wants um, and he will he will be the highest paid D-lineman ever um, and he will get so much guaranteed money, but that's just because I think the Rams will, they'll, they'll respect that they, they know what he's worth. Yeah, and I think if you give him a long contract, that that helps them as well, um, so that they're not just pouring a big chunk of money into a couple of years. Like the the longevity of him will will help the Rams immensely. Yeah, no, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be really interesting to see how that contract pans out. But look, you know, if he doesn't get that last sack in that Super Bowl, Joe Joe Burrow makes that 
throw. Like, you know, they, they, they make that completion. So it completely changes that uh, that Super Bowl. So, um, Hang on, which completion? At the very end, uh, Joe Burrow has, uh, has Chase open and, you know, yeah. Donald just – Yes, he does have him open, but he said recently in an interview, yeah, he was going to throw the ball to the running back, Puran. That's yeah. where he, he didn't even see, he wasn't even looking down the field, Yeah, which I, is wild. <laughs> I, th- I think it's because, yeah, he, look, he, Aaron Donald just incredible, yeah. like absolutely. And, and, you know, the other thing with Donald is the guy's a ninja. Like his hands are unbelievable. The wax on, wax off. Um, yeah, there's been a little bit of behind-the-scenes footage of the Rams and uh, yeah, pretty special player, that's for sure. All right, team, that's all the time we have tonight. Just want to thank my amazing panel, always bringing the heat as we talk all things NFL. To our listeners, we really do appreciate your support. How can you continue to support the show? Simple, continue to download the podcast, share with family and friends. Thank you for choosing Mojo Sports, and until next week, we'll catch you then. You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. The team and I are trying to build something a little different here, so everyone's support is very much appreciated. Continue to support the podcast, download, subscribe, check out our social media channels, give us a follow, and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best-kept secret. This is Mojo Sports.